Hello and welcome back to the My Entertainment World podcast. Today we have the return of our annual MLB roundtable discussion. Um, This is one of our favorite things we do every single year. We get together either slightly before or slightly after the beginning of the new baseball season uh, to talk about what we are expecting from our team, which is the Blue Jays. And for the last couple of years, we've also had our special Yankees correspondent, Chris Bemke, join us as well to have a little bit more of an overview of the American League East, the league in general, um, and also an outsider's view on the Jays. So once again, we're joined by Melissa Wright and Mackenzie Longpray. Um, And I'm just going to let them take it from here. Enjoy. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Okay. That's what we were missing before we started. Can everybody just quickly introduce yourself so we know your uh, voice is on the recording? My name is Melissa Wright Crater. Um, I am a baseball fan. And yeah, that's all you need to know. I am Mac Longpray, and I am also a baseball fan. <laughs> okay, so they've both done this this annual podcast for many years running now, and so if you want to know more about who they are, listen to that back catalog, because they've done a better job of this introduction yeah. thing in other episodes. Yeah, this is old hat. Uh-huh, sure. And uh, in a little while, we'll be joined by our, uh, so this is a Jay-centric podcast, uh, a little in a little while, we're going to be joined by our uh, heel of the podcast, which is Yankee fan Chris Bemke. So he'll be <gasps> later. In the meantime, we're going to start with like really Jays focused stuff. Uh, so, do you guys want to kick us off with just a little bit of an overview of how the Jays are looking this season? I can go. They yeah, you go. look on paper, <laughs> as in years past, they look very compelling. They look like they could be very good um, on paper. (laughs) um, uh, They are largely the same team as they were last year, save for a few notable exceptions. And uh, the all spring training, the company line has been uh, uh, details, cleaning up the details. So they've been working on base running and uh you know uh, basics defensive basics they improved their outfield defense uh quite drastically over the offseason and uh they want to do the little things really really well which is great i'm into that but they also need to um hit and pitch properly which they haven't yet they haven't yet uh and uh obviously it's only um Four games in, Four yeah. games, yeah. game, game five tonight. Uh, who would have thought we'd be saying biggest start of the season? You say Kikuchi. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and uh, yeah, they look. I'm, I'm sure you know. I mean, touch wood and everything, but I'm sure they're going to be totally fine. They uh, they're a great baseball team that are should you know do well. They should be able to. They should be able to contend with the New York Yankees. Uh, for the American League East. They should. Anyway. should. Yeah. Melissa, do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the moves that were made in the off season and how that's looking to affect the team? Sure. One other fun point that my dad told me this weekend, that this is the first opening series in Blue Jays history where a home run was not hit. Oh, like really? since like 1977, apparently. Mm. We're going to get to they, that in a second when we talk about the uh, full MLB rules, but that is gotcha. a okay. lot of coincidence. Yeah. So um, 
But yeah, changes in the offseason. Uh, the one that I cried the most about was Teoscar Hernandez, uh, that one. Okay. But uh, as Max said, like, you know, they got somebody decently or better in uh, in the outfield. So um, I think, if anything, just kind of missing his presence and uh, having him in my fantasy league, I don't think he's done much yet. Mm-hmm. So obviously not missing that. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as well. Um, I, my mom was really upset about that one. I was not, um, he could be fun and he was a fun presence obviously. And I'm a big proponent of like baseball is still a game, you know, and, and when you lose that fun aspect of it, um, you know, it, it it can hinder a team significantly. Um, but, uh, you know, his hot and cold streaks could be a little annoying. Um, uh, Gabriel Moreno, who, I don't know, everybody was really like, had their knickers in a twist about him last year and I was underwhelmed. So, uh, you know, hope the best for him, but I don't think that that's really, uh, uh, one that I'm too bothered by the Hernandez one. I think, um, you know, if he goes on a hot streak, um, we're going to definitely miss his bat. But, um, but again, as Max said, like, uh, significant improvements to the outfield defensively. So. Mm -hmm. Both, uh, Tay Oscar and Lourdes were, uh, liabilities in the field and on the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and sometimes at the plate too, um, uh, you know, they did indeed both have, uh, prolonged cold streaks, uh, and they, they are, they're, they are, uh, probably, that's probably never going to go away for them. Um, yeah. they'll always be a bit hot and cold. Um, but Dalton Varsho. Uh, so Kevin far, Kiermaier. yeah, Varsho so far feels like the sort of person who's going to be a fan favorite in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because he Toronto fans love uh, people who do the little things right. <laughs> Toronto fans seem to seem to really like ball players who are like, uh, you know, uh, lunchbox kind of uh, uh, ball players who are like, uh hard scrabble sort of blue collar type worker ball players. And I feel like Dalton Varsha is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's a good hitter too. Uh, so he, he's, I don't know. I think he's like overall pretty, a pretty big upgrade over, uh, over Tay Oscar in the outfield. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier, not so much way better defensively, obviously, and base running wise, but with the bat, not, not so great, but, um, they've really been pushing us to all love Kevin Kiermaier on their social yeah. media. So that's for damn sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, he is, uh, he's a left-handed bat. So there's also that they're definitely a more left-handed team than they were last year, which I think might've been their greatest weakness. I think a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot made of that. But I think the fact that they're significantly more left-handed now is uh, good. It's good for their balance of their lineup generally. Um, so we'll see if that that comes around and they end up hitting the way they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think of how the pitching staff is shaping up? Not great so far. <laughs> and on paper should be. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, Gosman had a good game. Game didn't necessarily go our way. Like, I mean, he lasted he lasted longer. Bassett, that was painful to listen to on the radio on Sunday. I think, like, back-to-back homers. Uh, um, you know, and Manoa. Manoa, I think, will be fine, if only because I want him to be fine. Yeah. But I also think, like, he's he's still a kid. Like, we forget that 
you know, he's, or not we, like collective we, like he's like, what, 23 years old or something like that. I think he, he reminds me of Strowman without some of the negativity uh, that Strowman could bring where Mm. like, he's really kind of like, almost like it's a lot of energy and a big man. And sometimes it's channeled in, in the right way. And sometimes I think he lets that energy overpower him. Um, so I'm not that worried about Manoa. I think it was like, it was a lot, it was a big stage, you know, um, and, uh, hopefully, you know, he can, he can kind of settle himself back down, but, but yeah, lots to be desired in those first three starts. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Jose Barrios not looking good, looking like the 2022 version of Jose Barrios, which is not good for him or the Blue Jays. So, but again, just one trip through the rotation. Who knows? Anything can happen. They are good. They're all good pitchers. They're all very good major league pitchers. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, they should, they should even themselves out and figure it out. The Bassett start was particularly worrying. It just looked like he couldn't do, he couldn't do anything uh, except help Cardinals hitters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were we were driving back from Lake Placid and like, so like the radio wasn't great. And I was just like, what just happened? And I like could barely hear it. And it was like back to back home runs. And I was like, we're not listening to this. We're finding some shitty FM station. Like, I'm like, I can't, I can't listen to this from like, the very start of the game. So no, um, I think I took a nap and Mark turned it back to the game. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, you always hold out hope. You, it's always good when they when the opposing team does all their damage in the first inning or significant amount of the damage in the first inning, because then you still think like, hey, well, we got there's eight time. innings. Yeah, there's time to come back. But they, not, yeah. not on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway. Um, how about some of our star hitters in the position player lineup? What, how are they looking this year? Well, they didn't hit a home run until last night. Uh, so no home runs in the first three games, which mm-hmm. is odd. Not that, you know, I mean, uh, it is a powerful lineup. So you would think uh, home runs, they, uh, not that we, not that any baseball team has to be built around home runs, but the Blue Jays sort of are, um, as so many American League teams are, just big slugging teams. And if you want to keep up with the Yankees, you're going to have to hit home runs. Um and to me, it's just like it's the most frustrating when you're like, ah, like here comes Vlad Guerrero and Bobachet, and they, you know, and they, they might still have great games, but they don't hit a home run. And then you turn the TV on, it's like every Aaron Judge at bat is a ball that <laughs> lands outside of Yankee Stadium. You know, every Giancarlo Stanton at bat, you're like, what the? Come on, like, damn it, yeah. you know, why can't it be our guys that like we expect them to do well and then they do well? Why can't that happen to us? Anyway, so um. They, uh, George Springer, hell of a first game. Matt Chapman looks really good. Um, Bobachet had a good first game, it just wasn't a home run, right? Yeah, like, exactly. he had like he drove in a bunch, and and I think, like, to your point, like, we always expect home runs because that's we've been incredibly blessed to have you know the Jose Bautistas, the Edwin Encarnacion's, the Josh Donaldson's that kept us in the top in home runs for so long, but that's mm-hmm. not actually the entire game of baseball. So I, yeah. I think that that's it. It's, it's, you know, you also want ribbies. You want those, the small ball quote unquote, that uh, is going to keep things going. Obviously home runs are more exciting, but you know, a win's a win. We have to get it from just hitting like a bunch of doubles and getting people around, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be equally as excited about that, but but I, I agree with you, Mac, that it's like, like, come on, like, you're so powerful. We know you know how to hit. Yeah. Why, I mean, why isn't it happening? 
there are also uh, there's a lot of sabermetric evidence pointing towards uh i mean obviously home runs are very valuable but um the team generally speaking i think the research is out that the teams that hit the home runs are the teams that win uh and win championships um and so uh they will need to get their heads around that and uh, start popping a few out of the ballpark every so often um but it's true. It, it it would be. I'll take I'll take a handful of well timed doubles. That yeah. game against Jack Flaherty was particularly uh, disheartening, because Jack Flaherty threw six no hit innings, but he walked <laughs> seven or eight. Or and that's it. Like nothing. And he looked after that. He looked so bad, and he loaded the bases a couple times, and the Blue Jays could they couldn't get a hit. Could get a single hit. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's early. It's really hard to tell. Um. I think, you know, obviously, uh, scheduling wise, it was hard to get this podcast happening. It would have been interesting to do this before the season, but uh, (laughs) it's, and so it's really tough to do it right at after four games and four not like pretty lackluster games. So it's like, it's a good team. They're good. It's all going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine. fine. It's all going to even out in the end. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's hard to not come into this chat being like, you know. I don't like this at all. My dad has a tendency to be so negative. And like, I saw him on the weekend and he was like, oh, those Jays. And I was like, it's game three, dad. Like, I need you to chill out. It's barely April. Like, this is a long season. And, you know, you don't want the season to start off on a bad foot, obviously, because you don't want that to kind of carry that energy or that negativity. But it is, it's a very long season. And if it's a slow burn and then they're, you know, top notch for the last four months of this long season, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you just hope that, that the gap between those God forsaken Yankees doesn't mm-hmm. uh, open up too much. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, um, we don't want to count out the Rays or the Orioles even, and, <laughs> or the Red Sox. I know everyone's counting the Red Sox out already, but you never know. It's a tough division. So um, Always. it would, uh, it would, it would not surprise any, any, finishing order of the five teams in the American League East would not really surprise me all that much. Um, I think somebody said, I heard on a podcast, they said, the only things that would surprise me in the American League East is if the Yankees finished last or the Red Sox finished first. Other than that, every other, every other, you can kind of squint and it makes sense. You know? (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see. How are you guys feeling about the sort of team's general philosophy this year, the approach and the management style as well? I'm intrigued to see a full year with John Schneider, to be honest. Um, I, I like, I like him a lot and I think he brings a, a good amount of energy and a good amount of understanding of the players. A lot of the players that he has at least uh, maybe less so now than, than in previous years, but, but um, you know, getting him the go ahead from the very beginning um, I'm intrigued to kind of continue to see where that goes. Cause obviously he kind of had to pick up, you have to pick up the pieces whenever you're, you're an interim, um, you know, you've got to pick up where somebody else left off and it's not always fully on the manager, but, uh, you know, I think there were a lot of expectations on him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued or I'm optimistic. I don't know. There seems to be a, um, um, with, uh, the departure of Teoscar and Lourdes Griel that sort of signals an end to the, not an end, but definitely a, a, a toning down of the, uh, of the fun brigade 
which is so nice to watch. I mean, you know, as as a fan, I really loved last year's team. I thought they were so they they all felt so sweet, and it felt so nice to watch a bunch of you know ball players who seem to really love each other going out and winning. That was really nice. Um, but um, you know, they got rid of the famous home run jacket, which uh, is such a divisive idea. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I was down with it. Um, and then they got they, mad about a jacket, and yet, like Boston was like putting people in the laundry cart every time they hit a home run, and like that I mean, was fine. Every team has their own thing, and they're all ridiculous in their own ways. But yeah, you know, um, the uh, the other one is uh, Don Mattingly as our bench coach. It's like another like here comes a here comes an old school sort of hard nosed baseball man to come in and crack the whip and. Uh, Tone down the fun, um, which I think is patently ridiculous. I think it's going to be totally fine. And I think, uh, uh, if anything, all the players probably look at Don Mattingly and are like, holy shit, we get to have Don Mattingly in our dugout? Like, that's incredible. Yeah. I think John Schneider's, I will echo that I think John Schneider's wonderful. And I think he I think he has the trust of a lot of the, the young guys in the dugout because he's been with them for so long. Um, so I think, I think, I don't know, I think it'll be... I like I like how I like how everything's oriented right now. I'm such a positive guy when it comes to the Blue Jays. They can do whatever. I don't really care. I think it'll be great. Um, and uh, I don't really ever want to be too like hypercritical because I I don't think they're ever doing anything to like lose on purpose. <laughs> no, and and I think they haven't. Like the fun brigade, I think has just gotten smaller. Like if I think back, like George Springer is a fun guy. There mm-hmm. were times, right? Like it's like he's throwing stuff and he's like taping Vladdy somewhere. Like I recall that happening, you know? So I think it's just, maybe that's it. Maybe there was just a few too many and we were, we were going into silly as opposed to kind of a fun, uh, a fun vibe. So yeah, I think that uh, that's there, but just also again, like it's what you see on socials, but like they do still seem to enjoy spending time together and you know, they, they've got these kind of fun vibes. So, so just hoping that that continues. Yeah. That it's like, take, take the, the slightly maybe more honed approach, um, or the, you know, slightly more refined fun Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. still have it. Um, because it is, it's still a game. And like, if you, if you get so serious and that dugout becomes like such a, you know, downer place, no one's going to be able to like perform or get out of a slump or, or, you know, break a cold streak, whatever it is, you still need to be able to have that. So fingers yeah. crossed, um, it can just be a little bit more balanced, I guess, between. And I think, focus. I think also the only thing that is fun for professional athletes is winning. Really? <laughs> I think professional athletes only care if they're winning. And so if yeah. they're winning, they'll be having fun. And if they're not, they will not be having fun. Uh, and, uh, I, I also think, um, I always have to remind myself of this uh, because, you know, I'll occasionally the Blue Jays get into a slump or they perform well, poorly for extended stretches. I'll feel myself getting frustrated and be like, why can't they win? Why can't they do this? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, and you, it's easy for fans to get like mad at them. And uh, I think that's like the most ridiculous response. I find myself doing it too. And I have to remind myself that it's ridiculous. And the thing that is always like, oddly uh comforting in those moments is when the team is doing super poorly and i feel like crap because of it uh all i have to remember is that uh the ball players feel uh significantly worse than i do <laughs> they also don't want to lose because it's not fun uh so as, as not fun as as it is for fans these they, for, first four games uh 
the ball players sure are probably having less fun than we are. <laughs> and also like you can't do anything about it. That's yeah. what I try to remember. Like I can't influence whether or not they win or lose. Yeah. So it's like, I like, again, Mark gets so upset when they lose and I'm like, you couldn't do anything. We're sitting on yeah. our couch or we're sitting in the stands. Like, so it sucks, but it's like, take 30 seconds of being like, okay. And then on to the next one. Like you can't continue to, to harbor that. Cause exactly. Like they know the emotions, theirs are amplified. They don't mm-hmm. want to go out there on a stage of, you know, however many millions of people are watching in person and, and on TV and be, yeah. be bad. They don't want to be doing that. So like you don't they don't need your negative energy out in the universe either just like get over it move on and hope for the best the next day yeah slow your roll everyone's trying everyone's trying out okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, so what are some of the things and players you guys are most excited to see this season vladimir guerrero jr always because he's just the most special yeah um i love him i uh think he's excellent uh, I, I, I mean, you know, Vlad and Bo are the team uh, in a lot of respects. So I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to see those two and see them do well. I'm very excited about um, Dalton Varsho to see what he can deliver and how he can, how he performs in the American League East, uh, particularly given some of the uh, stadiums that are uh, little league baseball parks. Looking at you, Yankee <laughs> Stadium, and. Um, <laughs> And I think Dalton Varsho could probably do a lot of uh, fun damage at a place like Yankee Stadium as a left-handed batter. Um, and he's also like fast, and he's a great fielder. Um, so I'm really, I'm really, yeah, I'm always excited about Vlad and Bo, and I'm excited about uh, Dalton Varsho. Dark Horse candidate, also excited about Brandon Belt. Um, I think it's really interesting that the Blue Jays got Brandon Belt. Uh, it's very odd to see him not in a Giants uniform, but he uh, could be very good. He hasn't looked very good yet, but that's fine. Um, and again, it's sort of like a kind of dark horse candidate to be a really great left-handed bat for the Blue Jays and to like solidify some spot, maybe in that middle third of the batting order, maybe uh, in the in the five or the six hole. Um, and yeah, so I think I'm. I think those are the. Those are my four. Those are my four picks. Picks to watch from Mac. From Mac. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't disagree with any of those. Yeah, Brandon Belt, I like forgot that we got him in the offseason and all of a sudden I saw him in a lineup and I was like, who that? I don't yeah. know who that is. Um I, I always joke that there's like new guy. Everybody's new guy until they do something good. So yeah. it's like until Brandon Belt does something, I'm probably not gonna remember his name past this conversation. Um, but yeah, like uh, Vladdy and Bo again another season another another year you know intrigued to see Bo looks jacked or at least mm-hmm. he did in in spring training so uh, I'm intrigued to maybe as he settles into that to see where that kind of power comes from I don't know if maybe he always was a little bit and he's just kind of amplified it but I felt like um, he his arms specifically got exceptionally larger in the offseason. <laughs> so hopefully he also did that appropriately. We don't need no. a like Chris Colabello situation again. Yeah, is that um, going to also is is that going to actually help things or is that just an aesthetic choice? And that's that's exactly true. Like, is that an aesthetic? Will that give you power? Like, does is that you know? Is it? Did I just notice it in the arms? But are you, is he stronger as a as an entire human being? Because that's it. It's not just your arms that you use. So so yeah, I'm intrigued to kind of see um, as that settles. But it also could be bad. You know, like some people have to fully change as they 
you know, put on weight and I'm not necessarily, my frame of reference is not necessarily baseball related. Uh, it's figure skating related, which I won't dive into, but when people gain or lose weight, you, your timing's off, right? So you have to kind of relearn. So maybe wondering if that's, uh, if that could be a contributing factor, but, um, um, but yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't disagree with Max picks, Mac yeah. and Mel's picks. I'll add my name to those. <laughs> We are now a figure skating podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, no, no, I just, I'm just like, we don't have to keep talking about it. We can, but we don't have to. (laughs) I'm here for a figure skating podcast anytime you want to do one. (laughs) Um, Maybe not in this one, but we'll schedule. Yeah, Um, we could schedule a later one. (laughs) If you want around the, around the um, Olympics next time is like Mel's Mm. guide to figure skating. (laughs) Yeah, I could do that. I could help out with that. Um. So do you guys have any like hot takes going into the season? Maybe like a, an unexpected, I mean, Max already thrown out a few unexpected picks, but um, perspectives that are maybe not mainstream opinion. Hmm. About the Blue Jays specifically? Um, yeah, let's stay with the Jays specifically for a couple minutes and then we'll, you can sort of broaden out to the, to the full league if you want to, but um yeah, just any anything that's like a, an unexpected take or a prediction that you think is going to be just like, you're mm. going to call it now. It's not likely, but you're going to call it. Interesting. Nate, Nate Pearson is going to continue to not be good. Ooh. Nate Pearson's a name that you hear, and I've heard it, I feel like, for a few years, and it's always like, Nate Pearson this and Nate Pearson that, and then he either comes up and he blows it or he injures himself or whatever the case may be. And I heard it at the beginning of this year, like, Nate Pearson's down in AAA, but he's he'll be the next reliever they call up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, stop, just stop talking about him. Because I also feel like that's putting a pressure on someone who's obviously had some significant challenges, be they physical, be they mental, whatever maybe the case may be. It's like, stop talking about this kid. Because if you keep talking about this kid, he's going to keep disappointing Jays fans. That's my hot take. I hope that doesn't come true. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I'll stay bullpen oriented and say that when he's, uh, back in the bullpen, Chad Green, who they picked up as a free agent this year, who's been a, a Yankee stalwart for many years, Chad Green might become our most valuable pitcher down the stretch, uh, because he's very, very good. And if Jordan Romano is uh, as good as he normally is, um, and is, you know, locked into the, the closer role all year. Um, Chad Green might end up being the person that gets the Blue Jays to Jordan Romano most nights. Yeah. So nice. I hope that comes true as well. It'll be like, yeah. it'll be everyone talks about how, because uh, he's supposed to come back in like late July, early August. Um, and everyone talks about how that'll be, that'll be like, like the Blue Jays trade deadline acquisition. It'll feel like that anyway, that like mm. they, already, they already did their trade deadline acquisition. They picked up Chad Green, who's going to maybe start playing for them in August. So uh, that'll feel really good because uh, obviously the Blue Jay bullpen has never been, or not never, but hasn't been very good for... Rarely. Yeah. yeah. In recent yeah. memory, it's been, the, memory, it's been the a bit challenge. touching. Yeah. yeah. And there are some good arms, you know, Eric Swanson's good and... Uh, um uh uh Yimi Garcia can be good and uh next who who else? Uh <laughs> there and then everyone else is I feel it feels Pop. like a Zach Pop. I feel like I heard Zach somebody's Pop. excited Look, about Zach Pop. He looked good. Um 
but it's it's a pretty inconsistent group, I guess, which is kind of how it is with every bullpen, unless you're the Tampa Bay race. It's like every <laughs> every bullpen is just like a bit of a crapshoot. Um, but the Blue Jays seem to one of the things that the Blue Jays don't have is like high velocity arms in the bullpen, which it feels like every team does. But the like Blue Jays missed the boat on that. I mean, the Blue Jays don't seem to have anybody who throws. I mean, Jordan Romano throws high 90s but like so many bullpens have people who throw like 100 miles an hour and like mm-hmm. several of those people it's like can we can we have one please yeah can i have uh, one please yeah it's like which is what nate pearson could be you know could be. Uh, if he, and, and i agree i hope that i'm wrong i just feel like every year it's like nate pearson and then nothing happens and yeah. then we trot him out again and it's like he's not a pony like leave 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 him kind of be um so yeah so hopefully he does he does prove my prediction wrong and on yeah. that day i will i will totally take it but uh yeah. yeah yeah if you guys were the jays gm what uh trades would you be looking to make during the season or is there a player out there that you would love to acquire but re- be reasonable you have to make it a, a trade someone's actually going to make someone's not going to just give you aaron judge for free but what if we ask really nicely well, that's fair. That is- <laughs> we are Canadian after all. We so. are Canadian. We could do it. No, I'm kidding. no. that's fair. Um, I don't know. I've got, I've got one. I mean, like it would be all bullpen. And so I'm just already thinking of like, it would, I'm already thinking of the, the teams that are probably going to be bad, like the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I really like Alexis Diaz, who is Edwin Diaz's brother. Who pitches mm-hmm. for the uh, the Cincinnati Reds, and he's a high velocity uh, closer for the Reds, and he would be really fun. I don't know who you'd have to give up for that. Probably some prospect package, but it is the Reds, uh, so feels like these like low market teams always end up getting fleeced. So I wonder what what uh, Mark Atkins, Mark Atkins, or Atkins, who is it? What's Mark his name? Shapiro, Ross Atkins. Ross Atkins, thank you. Hey, Sorry, yeah. Sophie's <laughs> second cousin is named Mark Atkins, so I keep. Oh, that's Mark like... We'll see what Ross Atkins, if you could put a package, what sort of package he might put together for that, uh, for somebody like Alexis Diaz, or you know, uh, is it David Bednar as the closer for the for the Pirates? It's also good, you know, like start to mine the bullpens of uh, these high velocity arms. In yeah. those teams, and um, or the other one is like uh, everyone's going to be after him is uh, Brian Brian Reynolds with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, the outfielder. Do I have that right? Brian Reynolds, Reynolds. What's his name? You guys know. Um, I I'm mean, gonna... I'll just believe it. You could make up names, and I I would <laughs> nod in agreement with you. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Reynolds. All I know is uh, Andrew McCutcheon is back on the Pirates. That yeah, is which is really sweet of my Pirates knowledge this year. Uh, Brian Reynolds, who's the much coveted outfielder, left-handed hitting outfielder uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who is excellent. He hit two home runs the other night in Fenway Park. He's having a great year. Uh, he's had a few good years in a row. He is... Uh, a lot of teams have uh, looked into him. He was... People thought he would get traded at last deadline. He's apparently already asked to be traded from the Pirates, and they have not granted him that yet. Uh, so, uh, a lot of teams will be in on him and he likely won't come to the Jays, but that's like the sort of bat, like I could see as like, be a nice 
be like a couple of prospects and Kevin Kiermeyer go away and get replaced by Brian Reynolds. That would be really great. That would be fun. Imagine being the guy who requests to be traded away and still has to stay and like be on the team with all the guys yeah. who actively rejected. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that would be that'd be tough. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of like bullpen bullpen pieces and like more left handed bats would be fun. <laughs> that'd be great. I think always bullpen. Like I feel like the bat, like like you said, a lot of the kind of the acquisitions, the outfield stuff. The, the position players, it's like, yeah, you got to find somebody to bolster up that bullpen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you guys have any closing thoughts specifically about the Jays before we bring Chris in? Um, God, I hope they win tonight. <laughs> if they win tonight, everyone will forget about the, uh, the bad start to the season. And then we'll think like, okay, cool. Are they back on track? And then they'll lose the following, you know, it's like, it's baseball. It'll be fine. Yeah, but uh, I, I do, I do hope they, uh, they put their winning hats on sooner than later. It'll be fun. So, Oh, the, re- the renovations to the Rogers center. I'm excited. I'm, I'll be there on the 11th. Are you going to the home I, opener? Yeah, I'm going to the home opener. Cool. I am like excited, intrigued. I have no idea. My my dad was there on the weekend. He is working as an usher again. He said they look wow. really cool and they will be ready for the 11th. Apparently they're doing some ribbon cutting this week. Um, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I think that they've done some really fun things. I'm also a creature of habit though. And I'm worried that they've ruined my normal go-to spot. So um, what's your go-to, which spot? is so like in the flight deck, cause my mom and I have nosebleed quarter season, whatever, like a bunch of games. So in the flight deck, it's not the very bottom row, the second row up, like, right on the like right field side there's like a little kind of like nook it's it's great it's not where we did my bachelorette kelly in case you were wondering it's a little bit farther down but it's like it's just you can get there my mom's there early with my dad all the time she can always get that spot and so i'm worried that i won't be able to watch the game from there i don't know that i'm super excited I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news but they you won't be able to get that spot the first the first three rows of the flight deck are for large groups only I believe I, I don't know because, what they're going to do to like fill it up because surely they'll like day of or what I don't know how they're going to manage that. Yeah, but. right. But they've got this new outfield section, kind of like Cleveland, the Cleveland Indian Stadium yeah. that you can that our first come first serve like sit in the outfield. So I I'm intrigued. Um, well, obviously mm. home opener, you're kind of stuck in your normal seat, and then I'll let my mom figure it out and go from there. But I, I'm intrigued to see all these yeah. new like zones or whatever that they've got. But Chris is just taunting us right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and he is as usual decked out in his full Yankees. What's gear. fantastic, Mac, is uh you're like, oh he wore those things for us. No, this, he's had yeah. this is my life. <laughs> this is every day. This is it, this is it's so inseparably entwined with my identity that you, you could not escape it if you tried now this is just chris being at home (laughs) (laughs) drinking from his yankees goblet of course (laughs) do you i won't show you how many yankees things i have (laughs) in this home because why would anyone want me to do that to you but just know that it would be an extensive tour yeah well on that note chris why don't you give us a little bit of an update on where the yankees are at this season so far and how they're looking 
All right. So uh, before I give you my my Yankee minute, uh, well, sorry. So two things, because God forbid I do anything without having some tangent of some kind. Does anyone listen to the podcast with Joe Posnanski? I don't, but is it highly recommended? He is my favorite sports writer. He's fantastic. He fucking hates the Yankees. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can I curse? Am I not allowed to curse? I'll watch myself. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, so he does a podcast. Uh, he's a sports writer. Writer. He does it with Michael Schur, who is a great TV writer, the creator of The Good Place and Parks and Rec, and God knows a billion. He's actually writing the TV series for. Um, Field of Dreams, which they are putting together. Fun fact. Uh, and they, above all else, love baseball. And uh, both of them, Michael Schur grew up uh, a Red Sox fan, and he hates the Yankees. And Joe Posnanski grew up a baseball fan, so he hates the Yankees. Uh, so they always have a section on their podcast called The Yankee Minute, which uh, is them trying to hate the Yankees. And basically, the, the resolution is normally, you cannot fight it and terrible things will happen to you. So I'm very grateful to be your Yankee minute to just be like, look, uh, I, I, I am inescapable like death, you know, and as it turns out are the New York Yankees, even, even against all my skepticisms. Cause I came in last year and I was really like, I do not believe in this team. They did not change it enough. They still have like too much power, too many strikeouts. They had fucking Joey Gallo, which is like the last thing under, I was like, Oh great. Another player who's, too big who does nothing but strike out and occasionally hit a home run and not walk really as much as I would like. Awesome. Let's lean even harder into this. I really was skeptical. And you know what? At a certain point in time, I just, I guess I just have to accept that uh, whatever black magic they have going on will work. Like they just signed Fran Franchi Cordero, you know, because Harrison Bader got hurt and they don't trust Aaron Hicks or I don't know, Isaiah Kiner Falefa to play left field because why the hell would you want that? And you know what? Franchi Cordero has been bouncing around the major leagues. He's been cut by like 10 teams in 10 seasons. And I just know he's going to have the best two months of his life right now because Chris, that's talked, just what happens. We talked, about, we talked about this at Kelly's wedding, how you're, uh, the Yankees just have this way of taking – it's got to be so frustrating for everybody who's not a Yankees fan because I'm telling you, Franchi Cordero is objectively like a barely, he's like the definition of a replacement player. And he will go and have the greatest two months of his entire life just in time for Harrison Bader to come back and, you know, have a career season or whatever it's going to be. Franchi Cordero, uh, all star starting left fielder, uh, confirmed 2023. Look at Nestor Cortez Jr. last year. Why was he the all-star game starter? You know what I mean? Look at Jose Trevino. Jose fucking Trevino, who has been in the major leagues for a long time, goes to the Yankees, wins the job, and is it literally the all-star starting catcher? Because he's like, I don't know, a magician at pitch framing and like had the greatest, again, two and a half months of offensive baseball that he's ever played. I don't understand it. Uh, and you know what? Last season I came in and I was just like, I, I don't trust it. And at this point, I just... I think I just need to learn to trust it. You know what I mean? I, I I have a lot of the same concerns that I had last year. They don't have enough starting pitching. Everybody's hurt. Radon is hurt. Nestor Cortez is coming back from injury. Severino's hurt again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Garrett Cole is never quite as good as you want him to be. Giancarlo Stan will pull a hamstring next week. Like, I don't know. But somehow, somehow, it'll work please? out. 
have just spoken all of that into existence, please. Oh, please let that all come true. <laughs> but here's my point. It won't matter. It they'll still win a hundred. They will yeah. still, that's it, man. They'll still come in first place in the division. And I'll still sit there and be like, I don't know. They don't really have a left fielder. And Orlando or Oswaldo Cabrera is some guy they just pulled up from. He's, do you guys know who Oswaldo Cabrera is? Oh yeah. You guys. All right. Do you guys know, watch, uh, um, Ted Lasso? Yeah. <laughs> okay, he is Danny Rojas. He is baseball Danny baseball Rojas. Like, like, uh, dude, he is baseball is life. He's just this, like, <laughs> Venezuelan guy who always has this smile. Like, he wears a children's, like, like a necklace with, like, pink and rainbows on it because I don't get a friend who just started a like children's necklace company. He, they ask him like, Hey, what was your, what's your favorite position to play? Cause he's like utility guy. You can play a lot of things. And he's like, right field. He had never played right field before, but that was his favorite <laughs> position because that's the position that he was playing that day. You know what I mean? Like his first, I don't... His first uh, uh, inning. In oh, right you field. remember? Yes. He yes. robbed a home he run. He robbed a home run and came down. And just like, jet, yeah. I think. like yeah. he was losing. He was, having the best day of his life you know what i mean which again like who is this waldo cabrera and why is he on the yankees i don't know but like he's and this is the thing i was saying to mac at kelly's wedding as a yankees fan it's really fun to watch young men who've been trying to be in the major leagues their whole lives go and have the best time of their life like i got to last september as waldo cabrera it was the best time of his life he's never been better he's never been in bigger moments he's and and it's why i love luke voigt when he came around he was so pumped up i was like bro you've been waiting you're 27 you've been trying to get to the major leagues and have like a starting job for like literally your entire adult life, you finally get a chance and you are crushing it. And you are just like watching these people live just glor- like Anthony fucking Volpe. Volpe, who just won the, st- the shortstop job, literally was just talking about like how the it was the literally the best day of his life. Like, and he's doing really well. He's doing amazing things. He's the prince that was promised, man. He's Jon Snow. I don't get it. But for every, I'm sure it sucks for you guys, but it's watching these kids come up and like, they're really, they're doing so well and they're having so much fun. And it's very fun just as a baseball fan to watch people who are good at baseball, be good at baseball, but also watch people who like finally get their chance and finally like really deliver. So I'm, I'm planning on enjoying that. And I don't know, the injuries will be what they're going to be. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Cause I'll sit there and be like, I don't know, no one hit above 280 on the team you know what i mean and they still probably had more strikeouts than maybe anyone in the major leagues and they still won 100 games and i don't understand it so i'm just gonna enjoy the ride you know i would say the the opposite uh to your uh it's nice to see uh uh young men who are working hard all the come to the yankees and all of a sudden do it and have this moment of glory um and then go anywhere else and be terrible <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the uh, unfortunate uh, inverse of that is uh, watching very mediocre ballplayers come to the Yankees and then do poorly and then just have end up having the worst. It's like the worst time of their entire life. Well, uh, so Joey, Joey Gallo uh, is precisely the Aaron opposite Hicks. of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Randy Johnson, he was great and yeah. then went to the Yankees and for two years he was just terrible for some reason <laughs> aj burnett you know what i mean carl pavano you know it's it's wild the expectations really just crush some people but this is the thing this is the thing about the yankees their black magic 
It's the people who have no expectations at all, and it will just sprinkle magic fairy dust on them, and they turn it fucking Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Like, so the, true. Aaron Judge had the greatest offensive season in the American League in, I don't know, 50 years last year. Matt Carpenter's splits, if he if you projected that over a full season, was better than Aaron Judge last year. Like, that's how good he was. He was... He was he was a video game character. He was like ba- fucking Barry Bonds in MVP Baseball 2003. And I and he'll it'll never happen again. He's he's been a decent ball player, but never like that. But man, oh man, he just joins the Yankees, and for those two months, he's healthy. He's like better than Babe Ruth. I don't get it, man. <laughs> I don't get it. it. It's insane. And if it wasn't so consistent, I could just write it off. And after you know what it is, this is what it reminds me of. So James Bond, right? James Bond should die all the time. You know what I mean? Like, objectively, he should be killed a hundred times in a movie. You know what I mean? And is he good at what he does? Sure. But also, he's just really lucky. Like, how do you just run and have that many bullets not hit you? You know what I mean? And at a certain (laughs) point in time, are you lucky or is luck a skill? Like, if you're James Bond, that kind of luck is just a skill because you can rely on it, you know? The Yankee fairy dust is like James Bond and luck. Like, after a certain point in time, you're like, I don't know, is this fluky? I don't know, but if it happens this much, I don't know if it's fluky. I think this is just like how shit goes over here. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I I don't understand it. I will apologize because it will cause misery for all of you. And uh, I truly I'm sorry. I, I don't wish misery upon any of you, but it's not going to stop me from enjoying uh, the opposite side of that for sure. As long as you understand that you don't deserve this amount of. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Certainly not. Certainly not. No, if anything, I deserve the opposite. I've had, I've had more. I mean, the Yankees have not had a losing season since I have been cognizant of baseball. You know what I mean? They have had disappointing seasons. They have had seasons they did not make the playoffs, albeit there have been even few of those. There have been seasons that, like, you thought that they were going to really do well. And, like, I don't know, you had to deal with, like, old A-Rod being terrible. And also you just had to deal with rooting for A-Rod, which sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you it's always, like, rainbows and sunshine. Like, it was no fun watching Joey Gallo last year. I was terrible. That was terrible. You feel bad for the guy. You know what I mean? It's just like disgust and pity. Like it's not all good, but I have far more success and joy than I, uh, than I have any right to expect literally ever again. Um, But I don't know when you are given joy, what are you going to do? Like spit on it? Like I, I, I didn't choose it, you know, but I'm going to enjoy it if someone hands me a, a a wonderful joy ride. If someone's like, hey, here's a roller coaster that you can go on for free. What are you going to do? Be like, no, I'm just going to walk away. Like, they're going to get on the roller coaster and have a great fucking day, you know? Fair enough. Now, the Jays and the Yankees are both traditionally big home run and power hitting teams. Oh, yeah. What happened? Did you guys hit a home run yet? Mm, one. Yeah. One last one. Oh, no! It Yay. happened. Yay. <laughs> all right. All right. So <laughs> they're the, the, this weekend I was like, the Blue Jays haven't hit a home run. How has that happened? That because is what they do. The league implemented new rules. And part of the rules is like the 
one the of Blue Jays are not allowed to hit home runs as part of the new rules for baseball. <laughs> no. Home runs for everyone except for Blue. If you're not in America, you can't hit home runs. <laughs> one of the motions there on the record is saying that they were trying to decrease home runs to encourage small ball because home runs, you know, clear clear the bases. It's not as visually interesting. It's not as interesting for the rest of the the game. Um, and it also it re- result like. Um, home run based gameplay results in a lot more walks, a lot more strikeouts. And so they they have implemented these changes in the off season that one of the stated goals is to bring down home runs. How is that affecting uh, the teams that we specifically root for, but then also the league in general? And how do you feel about these new changes? Oh, well, all right. So I'm going to say one in general, I also have questions for you. I'm so curious as to like get the, the, well, I'll turn I'll turn this around on you soon. We'll get there. Uh, I don't know how much time we have. God bless us. Um, I, I oh, we're fine. Okay, great. It's baseball. Let's roll. Um, we'll get to my questions. So I unabashedly love that they are trying new things because this is a thing that every other sport does except for baseball because and it's the one of the things I love about baseball is it has more of a connection to its history and has more of a connection to this fantasy really that you can take a look at the game today and you can take a look at the game, you know, 50 years ago. And there are, there's more of a parallel there than there is, you know, by say certainly basketball or football or something like that. You know what I mean? Even though that is not really true, but the point is I understand that there's a connection to the past, but I think baseball has been too sanctimonious about it. I think the reality is, I don't know when I first started watching baseball games were not, Oh, like routinely three and a half to four hours long. You know what I mean? Like that was not how things went. That was like a special thing. If I was in Boston, like Yankee Red Sox games in 2005, that would go to 13 innings. You'd get five hours of baseball and you liked it because it never happened. You know what I mean? Or it didn't happen that frequently that you could kind of come out of this blissful baseball bender that you went on (laughs) And then you got to like return to your life because it didn't take up half of the day. You know what I mean? Uh, and like, I don't know. I love baseball, but even I'm like, we don't. I, did Did you guys see the video of um, uh, Zach Greinke throwing a pitch and it was overlaid with the Kentucky Derby and the entire Kentucky Derby happened by the time it took him to throw one pitch? which is hilarious and also like i don't i love baseball i don't need that you know what i mean like i I, or 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 there was uh, a video of i was someone on the royals in the world series and the time it took them to throw one pitch wandy peralta threw an entire inning in spring training this year but like same amount of time you know what i mean uh so what i like about it is specifically regarding the pitch clock is it's not taking away any of the action. It's just taking away the waiting around in between. And look, if you're a player, I don't blame you. If you're a player, take every single, you know, if you're, if someone's going to let you take fucking forever and let you step off the mound to try and fuck around with a pitcher and you think that's a competitive advantage, it's your job to win the game. You don't care how it looks. You don't care if it's good for the fans. You care if it gives you a competitive advantage. That's the incentive structure. I don't blame any of the players for making the game the way that it is because in the incentive structure of the game, I get it. But if you're major league baseball, it's not just about what is individually 
the competitively best choice for a single player in a single game, you have to think about the game in general. You know, you have to have people who want to watch baseball. You know what I mean? So I am largely in support of a lot of the rule changes. Uh, I think even already, the fact that the average game time is already like two hours and 40 minutes is, I think, fantastic. I'm just so happy. Not that you can't have longer baseball games. And I think when we get to the postseason or eventually if they make the pitch clock a little bit longer or if they say in the ninth inning we're going to double it or I, I this is not the final, you know, this is a test run. This is not the final thing that we're going to land at. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think the early returns are really positive. I also love that stolen bases are back. Have you seen the numbers even in mm-hmm. this first week? Wow. Vladdy stole a base. Like Vladdy got a Vladdy stole, stole a base. Right. Don't you have yeah. more fun when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is stealing a base? Like, like doesn't successfully it bring you joy? steals a base. Yeah, isn't that so exciting? Don't you want that? Like the the numbers of attempts and successes of how much more that is in the game is honestly way bigger than I would have expected. And maybe people will make adjustments, and maybe that will come down a little bit. But like early returns are hugely positive on more action in the base paths, which like, look, baseball is races, you know, does the ball get to the ground before the fielder gets his glove to the ball? Does the runner get to the base before the ball gets to the base? And you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a collection of, of very fast races. The more races we have in baseball, the better, you know what I mean? And if there's something that gets people moving on the bases more, more people on the bases means more races and more races to me is more fun. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you that everything is going to be successful. There are always unintended consequences. Some things they'll throw out. Like, I, I don't know, maybe them eliminating the shift. Just maybe you do wind up with more strikeouts and home runs. And more. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is they're trying. And for so long, they were afraid to try. And I'm so glad they're just trying something, you know? I don't know. It feels more like the baseball I grew up with. It feels more like the baseball in, I don't know, the mid-90s, you know? Uh it's funny if you watch a game from like 1980s, if you watch, I don't know, Doc Gooden or whatever, he never went beyond the 15 second pitch clock. He didn't have a pitch clock, but that's just how the game moved back then. You know what I mean? And it was still considered leisurely even back then, you know? Yeah. I've heard that the pitch clock is actually disadvantaging hitters more than pitchers. Currently. Which, but I, is that, is that small sample size? Is that just there's a period of time where, you know, by the time we get to the all-star break, everyone's figured it out and everyone's adjusted because yeah. it feels weird right now. Cause people have not been doing this for however long. Like it only doesn't feel weird to kids like Anthony Volpe who were in the minor leagues doing it last year. You know what I mean? So you have these mm-hmm. guys who've been in the major leagues for 15 years, not doing it. So it's going to take them a little longer. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not surprised to hear that, but I do wonder if that's a temporary phenomenon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I love that they're trying new things. (laughs) I I also love that they tried to, like, make us want and like the new things by creating those, like, stupid and funny ads. They're very good. They were so funny. The shift one, especially, where, like, I don't know. I don't even know. Was it Snell loses that? And he's like, hey, man, can you get it? And he's like, no, I can't. I can't go on that side of second base. And I was like, this is so dumb. And then I saw the one of, like, Buck Showalter, who I hate. The Vogelbach now, one? The Mets, yeah. I mean, like, the bases are so bigger that he thinks he can steal. And yeah. I was, all of a sudden, I was like, okay, Major League Baseball. Yeah, right, he, right. These yes. are amusing. And now I'm smiling. Like, levity. We yeah, need like levity he, in the sport. 
be yeah, like, totally. yeah, don't take yourself so seriously. And uh, yeah, I, so I did appreciate those that it was like, we get it. There are new rules you might forget. So we're just going to play these ads all throughout the season, maybe. Or mm-hmm. maybe. But isn't that such a nice tone shift? I feel like there's so much, uh, there's so much in baseball that takes itself like, I think too seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a sport. It's meant to be fun. Like that whole, let the kids play mentality is something I was so supportive of. It's, it's the thing that makes a lot of other sports so much fun. You know what you want Oswaldo Cabrera when he's robbing a home run in his first game to just like be screaming and smiling and losing his mind and not have someone throw, throw at him the next time because he's being too demonstrative. You know what I mean? I don't know. A sense of humor, a sense of levity, I think would like go a long way towards the marketability of the sport i think we need more of that and i'm so glad that they're doing that just even marketing wise you know that they're yeah. leaning into that you know i i've been so encouraged by that yeah all right so can i have questions for you okay so i'm so curious here because i'm curious to hear what the mindset of like a blue jays fan is because it's it can be a very exciting thing like say two seasons ago and you have this young crop of people that you're like, Oh my God, like this is the future. These there, you see these, these, these flashes of brilliance, you know what I mean? And you just think, Oh, if these flashes could ever become more consistent as happens, as you adjust to the league and, you know, or become a major league player, uh, this could just be brilliant. Like it's it's kind of uh you know that 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 intoxicating wine of potential. You know what I mean? It's it it's such a fun place to be in as an organization. That whole like oh you guys saw the trailer now you're gonna see the movie quote that we had from you know I I love that sentiment. That's that's a very fun place to be in. And then last year happens and like. I don't know if I was a Blue Jays fan. As a Yankees fan, I just kept being like, all right, you're waiting for them to take off. You're waiting for them to like really flex their muscles and go on that like 12 game win streak. And Vladimir mm-hmm. Guerrero Jr. is going to hit, I don't know, 16 home runs this month. And Boba Shett's <laughs> going to just hit 450 for three weeks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you just kept waiting for it. You're like, fuck, Matt Chapman is on this team now. Like he he's going to get down ballot MVP votes, you know, and now he's playing competitive baseball and it just kind of never happened. Like, I feel like when I got to the end of the season, I was just like, Oh, I guess they're just going to be kind of good. Yeah. Okay. They were, they I were like kind of want one. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were yeah. not, they were kind of just not a good team last year. They they had they had a, a few good stretches, but they just kind of weren't. Yeah, so I remember I'm getting to, together. Yeah, I remember getting to August and talking to somebody about it, and being like, "Yeah, you know, I think I just don't think they're not a good team. I just don't think they're good." Um, That's gonna they, be a weird transition to go from like fragrance of unlimited to potential to like maybe they're just not good you know that's yeah. like a that's as a, a team like there were individuals that were having really fantastic stretches and maybe they overlapped but i think that's it it's like everybody couldn't get hitting on all cylinders supporting each other it was like but you know what so this is the thing really about the yankees is like i don't know there were a lot of people who did like i don't think they were a good team then you just have one guy who's so fucking good that like it almost doesn't matter if everyone else is shitty and i i'm sitting there i was looking at the season that some of these blue jays players were having and i was just like how are they not better how do they have so many individuals that are doing well and yet the team isn't doing like something is not adding up here it feels like they're 
they're they're less than the sum of their parts right now. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's like a fluky season kind of thing. Do you go into this season expecting that? Like how this season do you reconcile where you were two seasons ago and where you were at the beginning of last season and where you ended last season? It's like a weird collection of things to run into each other to then sit here at the beginning of this season and be like, okay, then where where are you, you know? Mm. I, I always have a tendency to under expect because then if it's not great, I'm not disappointed. And if it's amazing, then I'm like, well, this is Smart the best girl. thing in the whole world. Yeah. But that's also, I think, like a life mantra, like under expect. So then everything can kind of be blown out of the water because like like Max said at the beginning, like we're it's a good team on paper. But to look at them in 2D and then watch them in 3D are two very, very different yeah. things. So, Were you able to do that successfully last year to like manage your expectations? Because man, if I was a Blue Jays fan um, last year, I would have had my like my hopes would have been so high. So I was like, you fine just won the for off season, like yeah, I was fine for a while, and then that that um, loss that like kicked us out of the playoffs was really it was really not great, and it was like so I was in the Bahamas when that happened, and I it was raining, and I tried to get more alcohol to make myself feel better, and the store was closed, and I was like mad. So that like I carried a lot of anger that for like I don't know half a night, and then I woke up and the sun was shining, and it was fine. But for that evening, I was just like, I am not happy. I am no. not happy. Like this is not good. It's also a matter uh, of what you're used to, right? So like, so, like a yeah. any Toronto sports fan is goes into pretty much every season being like, okay, we'll, we'll see. Whereas something you hear about Yankee fans and 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 something like George Steinbrenner used to do all the time is like anything other than the World Series win is a loss, right? Is this mentality? Yes. Like we. Are I would say that now that George Steinbrenner is gone, that is, and I will say frustratingly not the case anymore you get uh you net like that that is one of the things that because here's the like you know it's the thing that you love about steve cohen you're just like you know what that guy is just like the guy at the bar who if he had a billion dollars would just be like whatever I'm fuck it, buy i'll do whatever team. that's right yeah. who cares <laughs> like like he he's, he's so invested i mean that's the most frustrating thing is that you have fans who care so much and the feeling the players don't care as much as the fans whether or not that's true, the feeling that way is a very frustrating thing. You know what I mean? Like when you live and die with a game, you want the feeling that your organization feels the same way. And for whatever jealous George Steinbrenner was, and he was many things that, you know, maybe were not so great. But one thing that he always was, he gave a shit as much as every, as much as anybody, you know what I mean? And you did love that. You did love that. As a lifelong Yankee fan, that is sort of like a a privilege mentality. You are able to, you're in a mentality you have the privilege of having, whereas that mentality would kill us. Like if we brought (laughs) that into every season, it would be demoralizing. Yeah. 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 Not good for you, which is why I find it Matt kind of interesting because he grew up as a nineties Yankee fan. So he was raised with that and then had to shift in order to survive as a Toronto in a Toronto yeah. in a yeah. Toronto market. We've always been this way. There is a ceiling to our hope. Whereas yeah. like a Yankee fan, it's like a totally different thing. Well, because here's the reality, misery is a part of sports fandom. And and I think it Not to a degree Well, all right. Well, I mean this is a longer conversation, but <laughs> uh I think there is a piece of it that is necessary. You know what I mean? Is, is you do, you can't 
because here's the reality. I mean, when, when is the last time the Yankees fucking won? 2009. You know, we're in 2023 here. I know that like that doesn't sound like a long time, but but for someone who is like really intensely paying attention to a sport, like who the fuck was I in 29, 2009? Like, I don't know, Kelly, don't know. like you all, that's the, that's the irony, you know, but like that feels like a lifetime ago. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like how many Araldus Chapman game seven walk off home runs that like, you're just like, Oh my God, I fucking want to die. You know, you, there is a piece of that, that you have to go through disappointment. And I think, all I'm saying is there is, even for me, that is necessary. You know, you, you, you can't, I don't know. Well, I think it's, it's, well, you, you don't unless, like unless it. You grew up like the fucking loving the Yankees in the 1950s when they won, or you were a Celtics fan in the 1960s where they won like 11 years in a row. You know what I mean? Like that's, 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 that doesn't exist anymore. Really? You know, you, you can appreciate the good times if you haven't also oh, had to absolutely. go misery. Right. Like, so I think that's it. That's why like 2015, 2016 felt so amazing was because nothing had happened since 1993. Yeah, There was yeah. that much time where, yeah, some of it was really bleak and you're like one of five people seemingly in the entire stadium on like a midweek game or whatever. But it's, yeah, I think that you need, you need the uh, opposite side of the coin to respect or to be able to like be like, you need it to feel great. bad. <laughs> you know, like you need to feel bad. So when the good comes, it feels yeah. good. Otherwise, like, good becomes your normal and then you know it, it's it like throws everything off like which is why the whole like yes the privilege of being like if you don't win the world series it's a failure and all of that like you appreciate that about george steinbrenner but also like that's not a healthy way to live you know like <laughs> that's not a healthy way to live as a human being or even as a sports fan you know what i mean like I don't know, like, tw- like for instance, 2017. 2017, it was after the Yankees were bad and they had traded overall this Chapman and they traded Carlos Beltran. They gave a bunch of young kids like some rope and they missed the playoffs. And you just, this was like the end of A-Rod and Brett Gardner's not good anymore. And CC Sabathia, like you love him, but like he ain't what he used to be. And you know, Mark Teixeira is at the end of his contract and is hitting 220 on the year. Like it's not fun to watch. You know what I mean? And then the next year, 2017, like now, mind you, there is a juice ball that probably helped everybody involved, but we didn't know that at the time. Uh, and suddenly D.D. Gregorius is a fucking hero. Aaron Judge is a giant who's materialized out of the sky to <laughs> set like the AL home run record. And you went into the season not expecting any modicum of success. And suddenly you're in the ALCS. And like, was it disappointing when they got beat by the cheating Astros that they shouldn't have probably been beat by anyway? The Yankees probably would have lost to the Dodgers anyway. Doesn't matter. Like, was that disappointing? Yes. But was that a, like, I loved that season. That was so much fun. And I didn't get to the end and was like, oh, this was a fucking disappointment because they didn't win the World Series. Like, no, of course not. Of course not. You know what I mean? Because at that time, I don't know, that's the like, that wave, that, that, that wave of everything is coming together and everyone is having the best time of their life. And everyone is just like, I don't know. It's thrilling. It's thrilling. And you, and without the season beforehand of being like, Oh, they're like, not going to make the playoffs. I don't know. There's a bunch of people that I like, I don't even know their fucking names. Like they're all rookies. Who knows if they'll be, I don't know, even average players. Mm -hmm. It's having those low expectations and just being like, I watched shitty baseball for a long time last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That made 2017 feel, I don't know, that was like the most fun season that I've had as a Yankees fan since, 
I don't, it was more fun than last year. They were a better team the whole year, really. And Aaron Judge was really fun, but the season was not as fun. The team was not as fun. You know what I mean? There was, there, there, there was something lost. You know what I mean? Uh, expectations do have a lot to do with it. You know what I mean? So, yes, there is a privilege to it. Um, but also, I think Yankees fans, uh, you get gypped a little bit, too, when your expectations are there. Because you have less of those 2017 seasons. You have less of those, like, 1996 seasons. You have less of those those seasons of the Jose Batista bat flip. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, how the fuck is this happening to our team this year? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 the, 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 the floor gets raised, but the ceiling comes down a little bit, too, you know? What uh, uh, for a Yankee fan? Uh, how uh, petrified are you of the uh, Houston Astros? Oh, they're the fucking worst. I despise them <laughs> with every fiber of my being. It's weird. I never thought I'd hate, any- hate anyone more than the Red Sox, and I hate them more than the Red Sox by a mile. By a mile. Um, I feel like if I were like a Sixers fan, feeling about the Celtics, like Joel Embiid said that. He, he, everyone's like, oh, what about this rivalry? And his response was like, I don't know, it's not a rivalry. They kick our ass all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that <laughs> way about the Astros. I'm like, this is not a rivalry. They just beat us every time. Like, our season is good until you face the Astros. And then they have somebody that you've never heard of, like Jeremy Pena, who's not played a hundred games in the major leagues. Who's going to be a world series MVP. They're like out Yankees in the fucking Yankees. And it's so annoying. And I absolutely despise it. And I just want to smush Jose Altuve's little face into nothing, which is a shame. Cause I used to like him. Um, yeah. You know, you get beaten by anybody enough times. You just learned to a deep resentment and hatred will just become a wellspring inside you that you cannot escape. Which is probably how you guys feel about the I was like, I that, that. Yeah. is yeah. like No, I understand. It's okay. I can remember going to see a Yankee game in the time when the Jays were not great. Edwin was on the team, but we were we, it was a lean year. So it was pre-2015. And Edwin got a home run, I think in like the seventh inning. And we were losing 10 to 1. Yeah. So now we were losing 10 to 2. Because, of course, no one was on base. It was a solo shot. Yeah. And I was in the nosebleeds of Yankee Stadium and I stood up. And oh, I, you were at Yankee Stadium I for I was this at game. Yankee Stadium for that game with my mom. And I stood up and I clapped and I'm like, he's not going to hear me. Is there, I was no. very high. But and some Yankee fan turned around and looked at me. And How I old were you? Like, I, I don't know, 2015. Like I was in my 20s. Like I wasn't a kid. OK, so you were a grown adult. But I you was were a still like adult. a young adult and a female. Yeah. Like, and some Yankee fan turned around and looked at me and like, looked like he was ready to say something. And I was like, you get to shut your face. Absolutely. You, yeah, what are you're still losing. Right now? Yeah. I'm still losing. I'm well aware Give of that. Give me this one brief want, moment. Yeah. Out loud, you said to a run. Yankee fan, you can shut your face? That's yeah. Dangerous. I mean, I don't know if that was the word that you I used. You were in physical danger, Melissa. But I was just like, what? Oh, look what at her face. Who's going to hurt her? Because yeah. I, because we're losing. Like, I'm not, if it was a winning game, I might have gauged my oh, interest. As you should. Game. That is your right. That is your the, privilege. Like, and I encourage you seven. to do that. We have like an inning and we're a down half by eight pass. runs. I'm yeah. Down, what the like, fuck do you want? We're, I'm down by nine now. Let me be happy eight. for like, a moment. <laughs> chill the fuck out. And it wasn't Edwin. Like it wasn't in his peak time either. But exactly. I was just like, let me be happy about this. Like, <laughs> calm down. Like, right. I'm not stopping relax. you from being happy. Just no. allow me to be happy too You're in the still limited gonna way. Win, that I and I'm going to go and like, I paid my overpriced ticket. I or maybe the ticket was fine, but like I paid too much for beer. I paid too much for a hot dog. Let me be happy. 
first 30 yeah, right. seconds. This is the only moment I'm going to get for the love yes, of God in this game, in this season. So that yeah. kind of makes me think of a question I've never actually asked you guys on one of these podcasts, which is, can you tell us, like, do you have a specific baseball memory that you go to all the time as like your mo- like favorite moment with the game or something that stands out? Oh, that. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not a moment like of watching two. the game. It's a game playing the game. Uh, when I, it, it, it is the moment that I consider the greatest moment of my childhood. Um, so I played little league baseball as many do. Uh, I was not exceptional at it in any way, but it was the last sport that I played. Like I gave up soccer and then I gave up basketball. And like really the one that I played the longest was baseball. Cause I just loved it the most. Not cause I was like, I don't know, some fucking superstar at it. Um, and there was this one season oh, and I was terrible the whole year, the the whole, I mean, truly, truly did not get a single hit the entire year, not one hit. Okay. I struck out or I would grind out or sometimes I get a walk. I was like, Oh, I got to walk. I got on base. Like, hell yeah. The point is literally like as bad, like a batting average of zero on the season okay <laughs> going into the last game okay this is not a small sample size this is the entirety of my experience, baseball experience that year okay like i was the joke and in our last game of the year and uh, in little league i think they play games to six innings or seven innings it's not nine innings because these are children and they don't want to do that to children but the point is it was the bottom of the last inning the equivalent of bottom of the ninth okay uh, we're down by two runs and the bases are loaded and I come up <laughs> at bat and I have not had a hit the not one not a single hit the entire season and I went up at bat and I said I don't care what happens I'm going to fucking hit this goddamn fucking ball like nothing <laughs> is going to stop me and this pitcher the reason the bases were loaded is because this pitcher is one 11 years old and two can't find the strike zone like he's he's walking the whole ballpark okay so it's like throwing the ball you know three feet outside the point is i couldn't swing at it if i tried all right i think it gets me to three i swing at one that's like way out of the zone but i'm so determined that i'm like i don't give a shit i'm just gonna swing at the ball gets me to a full count he throws this pitch that is uh, no exaggeration two and a half feet above my head. It could not, I mean, like, like he's going, he's giving me a walk. We're going to walk in a run, okay? This is not a borderline pitch that I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should swing, maybe. Like, it could not be more obvious. And in that split second, I just went, I don't fucking care. And I took this bat and I tomahawked it (laughs) over my head, like straight, like vertical over my head and connected. And I shot this fucking ball to deep center field. And I ran like I've never run before in my entire fucking life. (laughs) And I just like kept going. I kept going and I kept going. And like it gets past the center fielder and he goes over to the fence and he's picking it up and he's throwing it in. Now, mind you, we're down by two and it's the bottom of the ninth and it's not over the fence. So like, you don't need to keep running. Okay. Cause like you're going to win the game. So the third base coach is like, okay, stop. Like, <laughs> like we don't need more runs. And I just look at him and go, no. And I just run through his sign and run to home plate and cross. And it was like 
it was a straight up dog pile is it was 15 11 year old boys just like fucking jumping on top of each other with me at the bottom and i've never been so happy in my entire life (laughs) (laughs) so that's the moment i think of that's the moment i think of it is i think the happiest moment i've ever had in childhood was a moment with baseball Hmm. mac do you have a competing story (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to make it competing no, um, any any anything that good that's happened to me with baseball has always been uh, watching baseball uh, comfortably on my couch or in a chair in a stadium. There's a lot of good things that can happen that way. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like my first ball game at Yankee Stadium when I was a kid, probably up there. Game five, the bat flip game with Kelly in 2015. Uh, really I just great. learned this year that you guys went were at that game. Yeah. Or like last year, I feel like, Kelly, you shared that. And I was just like, wait, what? I went to I went to that game. I went to the wild card game the following year with oh, the where owner Edwin? of the Orioles. Yeah. But I went Good with game. the owner of the Orioles. Uh through some okay. connection through a band that I play in. What? Why? Yeah, so I was sorry. like, wait, I'm what? So sorry. That is a comment that requires more context. The the <laughs> woman there's there was a woman who was a uh who was connected to this band that I play in who was a personal assistant to John Angelos. <laughs> who owned the Orioles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, she, as soon as they clinched home field advantage for the wild card game, she texted me. It was like, I got you tickets for the Orioles game. And oh, hell said, yeah. She didn't even ask. She was just like, I know he needs to be at this game. Yeah. And she invited a whole bunch of our pals who she gotten to know. Uh, and she didn't tell us until the day of that they were tickets with John Angelos behind the Orioles dugout. Oh, my God. So I was watching the game with John Angelos, which was wild. Mac, if somebody, the the difference between someone being like, hey, I got you tickets to go to the Yankees game. And hey, I got you tickets to watch the Yankees with Hank or Hal Steinbrenner. The difference between those two sentences is more vast than I can communicate with the distance (laughs) that my arms can make here. So I cannot imagine how you must have felt when you're like oh and i'm just gonna go to the game with the owner of this major league baseball team like what the fuck is happening right now i've had i've had i've had two experiences like that so well that so i went to the bat flip game in 2015 i went to the wild card game in 2016 and then i went to the josh donaldson walk-off game in the division series so i went to the three best what a what a yeah truly truly the three Um, best blue jays games of what the last 10 years the last More? 30 years. 30 yeah, that's like yeah. nuts. Wow. Yeah. What a track record. But then also through uh, a very uh, funny and somewhat tenuous connection through my father, uh, I got to go with my dad and I went to a ball game, the last game of 2021, where they could win. They 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 were they oh, needed no. either the Yankees or the Red Sox to lose and they both won and then the Yankees the Blue Jays were eliminated. But that sounds like a game. sad day. Well I went uh we went on with on Mark Shapiro's tickets and they were in they were basically right next to the dugout. So like front row and literally next to the dugout like in front of the dugout and next to it. The best tickets uh, in the house do you know Mark Shapiro? Sorry, sorry, Kelly first. I think of those as the angels in the outfield seats, you know, where they put that they so that they can talk to the manager. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And my, my dad sort of through somebody knows Mark Shapiro. And so then my dad went up, he was like, hey, I'm going to go up to the box and say hi to Mark Shapiro and say thanks for the tickets. 
do you want to come? Put like, a sentence. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I also don't want to leave these seats because I'll never sit in seats. Yeah, of course. No way. And I was, and also I'm like, the box is probably going to be jammed with people. And my dad's like, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty busy up there. But my dad goes, I'll go up and see what the scene is like. Because we had the tickets for the seats, but we also had tickets to go into the box. And so he was like, I'll go and see what the scene is like and uh, check it out. And when he got up there, he was like, yeah, it's just it's just Mark Shapiro and like one other person in here. And (laughs) I was like, I'll be right up. I I can imagine you either being like, oh, I have to be there or me being like, oh, I can't do that. Like yeah. that's, 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 that's too much. Like well, if it's, if it's, if it's Mark Shapiro in a group, I can deal with that. But if it's just like, hi, him. Yeah. Just us. My dad. We're kind of on a date. <laughs> What's happening? Well, and I went, so I, I was like, I'll be right up. So I started going up and then my dad goes, my dad texts me as I'm like walking up uh, to find the elevator. And he goes, Mark's got a trivia question for you. And I'm like, Oh baby. Ah! And, he goes, and it's, it's, it, it, you know, no, you know, only because I'm such a baseball history buff. It was a bit of a layup. And it was what do you know the only team and can you name the pitchers where there were four 20 game winners on the same team in the same year? Yeah. yeah. On the same team in the same year. And I was like, and I texted my dad back being like, yes, it's a layup. And it's the 1971 Baltimore Orioles, Pat Dobson, Dave McNally, Jim Palmer, Mike Cuellar. And I was like, fucking guy. Yeah, and I and I wrote that to my dad, and Mark and he was like, "Yes." So then when I walked in the box, oh, you knew you were Mark, set. You were you were, you were like, "I've already got him in my pocket." Mike, Mark Shapiro turns around and goes, "Nobody knows Pat Dobson. How did you know yeah, yeah. Pat Dobson? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows Pat Dobson." And, I was like, yeah. and he had he wasn't even. Fact, that's exactly what I thought in my head. I was like, "How the fuck did you know Pat Dobson? Like yeah. what?" The only thing I know. The more about than everything else in the world is baseball history <laughs> so it's kind of a steel vault in there and uh, i got so i got a you know i'm t- isn't, that, isn't it amazing where you're like my brain doesn't work in the most basic ways like it yeah. can't remember I, like, I can the birthdays of people that yeah. i love yeah. but I it can remember anything. what like jason giambi's batting average in 2001 was like yeah. if i could choose to push that information out and put something I in would. there that would be useful <laughs> i would and yeah this is just this is what happens to me yeah, yeah. i, I well, feel you I get we get up there and he's got the the Red Sox game on his laptop and the Yankee game on the TV and the Blue Jays were winning like 11 to nothing or something. Yeah, like a lot. And, yeah. And so he wasn't even worried about the Blue Jay game anymore. So he he was just watching thing. I was like, you mind if I watch the these games with you? He's like, absolutely. And he just talked to me for 45 minutes. He just I would die. I would so die. Cool. 45 minutes. And it was great. And then we left and I haven't seen him since, but I probably will at some point, maybe if, if it ever happens again. But um, I the- would you know what I would be like? I would be like uh, fucking Chris Farley. Do you, do you know the SNL sketch where he's oh, talking? Yeah, about, of course. Uh, remember that time you were in? The yeah. Scene? Yeah. Remember the, the remember where he does it. When you were in the Beatles. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's how I would be for sure. My my, sure. my fun coda to that story is that the night before. I have a friend, Mario, who plays at Lula Lounge in Toronto a bunch. And Charlie Montoya would go to Lula Lounge all the time and uh, to hear the music and sit in a lot. And Mario had told me so many times he Mario had become friends with Charlie Montoya and Mario and all these other like Cuban musicians from the Lula Lounge scene 
uh, like Charlie would invite them to the ball games constantly. So Mario was, had shown me pictures of them in Charlie Montoya's office with like jamming with Charlie Montoya before a On game. The drums and, and, um, and Mario would text me all the time through the season being like, Hey, you should come down to the Lula lounge tonight. Yeah. Hey, Lula. So the night before that game, so before, you know, of the biggest game of the season that they have to win and other things have to go right. Uh, I, Montoya's at I, the bar. I, I happen to be playing a gig somewhere near Lula lounge. And after the gig, I got a text from Mario being like, Hey, you should come to Lula lounge tonight. Charlie's here. And, oh, I was, the fuck up. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be right there. And I was with Sophie and Mario put us on the list and we run in and Mario texts me. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're going on in like 15. We're going back on in about 15 minutes and we're all hanging with Charlie. So come on, get, get here now. If you can get here soon, you'll get to hang with him. And I got there and there he was hanging with all these. Oh, people. you did and it. Hung so out with cool. Charlie and Charlie, like, of course, like went up and sat in with the band a whole bunch and was like playing and he and Mario are legit pals. Like, so the day that he got fired, Mario was like, Oh man, this is tough. Yeah. Like all the Cuban musicians in Toronto were like, no, no. Our, our guy on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I got to, in the span of 24 hours, I got to hang with Charlie Montoya and Mark, and Mark Shapiro. Shapiro. Wow, what uh like baseball hall of fame 24 hours. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I saw uh, Yeah, Melissa, Mark, come on. I saw you're, Mark Shapiro when here. Too. Um yeah. so Mark does brand ambassador work and it was like Toronto Life's uh top people of 2021, I guess. Um and Mark Shapiro was one of the people that was nominated and so I was working the door. So as people would come in, I was checking them off the list. And then Mark was working and doing co-check. So um, some people are coming in. And there were people like Vladdy was on the list. Obviously, he was not coming. Like Drake, The weekend, There were some people who you knew weren't coming. But there were some who you recognized. So this gentleman comes in and it's Mark Shapiro with his daughter. And I'm immediately like, hi, Mr. Shapiro. Like, it's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for coming. You can go on up. And the girl that I was doing like front of house with, she was like, you didn't even need to look at the list. And I was like, yeah, that's Mark Shapiro. Like, <laughs> you don't know who Mark Shapiro is? And she was like, no. And so, so then I felt very good. And that, cause I, and then I kept being to Mark being like, he's like, I know, like, be cool. Like, can you <laughs> calm down? Mark is also the be name cool. of Melissa's husband. This oh is yeah, true. <laughs> You're right. like right. on a first name basis with Mark, eh? With Mark Shapiro. <laughs> but then, so, so as the event finishes, um, and Mark Shapiro didn't check a coat, but his daughter did. And so my Mark goes and gets the girl's coat and puts it on her because he's a gentleman and that's what he does. And so Mark Shapiro tipped him $5. So mm. then, you know, I come back to the back and he's like, Mark Shapiro gave me this. And I was like... Why? why did you do like how did you so it was like it was that very hilarious so like we didn't get to hang out but you know i yeah. made his entrance to a party very smooth That's so sick. he is he yeah. is portrayed in moneyball which is so fun to That's be like true. Eh. There's a character playing Mark Shapiro in moneyball in moneyball yeah. um but okay so fun story to 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 not compete with but to you know support uh chris's story about being a good baseball player so i played in a beer league when I was 25, let's say. And I was not very good. Okay. Not very good. Similarly, hadn't gotten a hit. Like, like not very good. Typically yeah. I was in the outfield. I'm here because I love it. Not because I'm like, I, yeah. So it was yeah. not good. So there was one time where I was, um, I was catching. 
And oh, you're a catcher. I was a catcher. All yeah, right. With like yes. the big piece of wood. I have a catcher's is, I was a catcher. That is home, a home plate. So um, apparently, oh God, what did our second baseman, um, somebody was on third and there was a Chuck hit. Knobloch. And, and the person came home and cause we were not a very good team, but at the end of the inning, our second baseman comes up to me and he goes, Mel, if that ever happens, if somebody's on third and there's a hit, I'm throwing home. So I need you to be ready. And I was like, thousand percent Shaner, I got you thinking it'll yeah. never happen. This is not going right. to be a thing. Literally the next inning, there's somebody oh, no. on third. And it's a hit. And I'm like, Shaner told me I got. So I'm like standing on this massive piece of wood with my glove in front of me. And he locks eyes and he's like, I'm going to throw it at you. And he's he like, this is the moment pulls, we just talked about. Yeah, Are you ready? And he like lasers it at me. And I catch it. But in the, in the process, I also scream and like turn away from the ball, but like keep my hand <laughs> there and hope to God that I don't die. And I and, and also I, I scream and hope I don't. And die. I That's scream funny. and I lift one of my feet up. And the other team tried to be like, she's not touching the base anymore. And the umpire, I remember, literally looked at them and was like, no, out. And my entire team like decided oh. I couldn't feel my hand for like a week because like he through that way harder than yeah I think yeah yeah from. yeah but that was it and then i don't think i played another game because we were very close to the playoffs i mean I what a way to go out but i was like you know what i'm done that's yeah i don't need to play another game of baseball in my life that's as nice. far as i need to go yeah you were catchers when you played baseball yeah did i ever tell you the story of my mom was in a, a rec league of baseball once and she's a she's not a sports lady um, and so her one contribution to the team is as the catcher, she would, um, no matter how bad the throw was, she would go, oh, good pitch to convince <laughs> them that it was in the strike zone. <laughs> she was like the, she was the like morale booster Early of the team. Framing, yeah. Yeah. It made the, the batter <laughs> think that they should swing. So <laughs> oh, as a competitive well, That's it. So Look she's just her. like, okay, she's a smart lady. She's sneaky. There you go. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, all right. Does anyone have any closing thoughts about the, how the league is looking in general, about your home team? Uh, what are you looking forward to this season? Any crazy predictions? Any closing thoughts at all? I want you to tell me what your expectations for the Blue Jays are this year, because I'm still afraid of them. I still I'm I, I like I got to the end of last season. I was like, oh, the takeoff never happened. Well, surely it will happen this year. You know what I mean? That's I'm terrified of the Blue Jays of anyone in the division. They're the people that I'm most afraid of, because I just think like I just look at the compilation of these people and I just think, I don't know what flukiness happened last year that they didn't have a better season, but they're going to be great this year. And maybe you don't feel that way, but I really want to hear how, like your expectations, whether you think they're going to be great. Cause I think they're going to be great. Good. Go ahead, Martha. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's my same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that baseball is back. I always love baseball. I don't love summer, but I love baseball. I love nights mm -hmm. at the dome uh, or any, any park really, but um, you know, obviously at the sky dome. Um, so, but, but that's it. I'm, I'm going to say I am cautiously optimistic that we're going to be great so that if we're not, um, I'm not crying and looking for alcohol. Um, Wait, great, that great, I when, when, when you say great, do you mean like like winning the division great? Is that what we're talking about here? I Are mean, we talking about like World Series contender great? Like give me the level of expectation, like really making a run, being a winner. I would love to see us make a run. I would love to see that. Only because like 
you've got a good core group of people that I think have been ready to make a run for quite a bit of time. And, you know, like, I'm worried that we're going to miss out on our opportunity for that. So absolutely. I mean, every year I want us to win the World Series. But but I think it's like if if we can just start to chip away and maybe that's it. It's like we don't need to win the World Series in week two. We need to find your zone. You need to find your vibe. You got to continue to grow and gel as a team. And then just, you know, chip away at that. And And as long as you can stay competitive, I think that the sky is the limit. But um, yeah, so that that would be it. I think let's keep pace and you're going to maybe have some some challenges. But as long as as they can continue to make it fun and they continue to to get wins sprinkled with some other, you know, losses, obviously, that's the only other option in, in the game of baseball. Um, you either win or you lose. But if we can stay competitive and stay, or it rains and yeah, or it rains and then there's no game. But uh, not in not in Canada, but everywhere else, that is mostly the case. Um, so yeah, that that would be so it. You it's you like, think they might be able to have the season this year that a lot of people have expected them to have last year? The, last yeah. year did not deter you that that was possible. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be my my Mick. Are you or Mick? My God, Mac, are you <laughs> equally optimistic? Yeah, cautiously optimistic. Yet again, I find Mac stick. I find uh, (laughs) Kelly is rolling her eyes uh, her (laughs) entire head, actually. Um, It's like her whole body. uh, It was a visceral reaction to that. Um, (laughs) I uh, I'm cautiously optimistic again. Like, I think, you know, you can only be bad or suboptimal so many times as a baseball team with a very good group of players until so your thought is like jesus christ they're due they have to be they're due finally. they're due they're due i mean the only the the the, the you know of all the prognosticators say that the really the american league east is a race between the jays and the yankees but um more likely than not again it'll just be the same thing yankees will win the division and the jays will have a wild card spot i have to play a horrible three game series um but um that would be fine hopefully they win that three game series and then they go to the next an improvement yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh unlike yankee fans i'm just excited to get to the playoffs (laughs) 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 or i think a lot of yankee fans it's a given that they'll be in the playoffs and then they, they want, you know what it is. I think it's, I think it's get to the world series. I think, I think that is the realistic 2017. They lost to the Astros. They lost to the Red Sox the year after that. And that one season that just like everything went right for them. But like, they almost won it on that Gary Sanchez fly ball that it was two feet more. Like you, you get, you get close last year. Like they got fucking destroyed by the Astros. They got to the ALCS. It's like knocking to the door, knocking to the door, knocking to the door, but they have not been to the World Series since 2009. So honestly, I think even, well, I say this, there's part of it I'm like, if you just got to the World Series, that would be a success. But here's the reality. If you get to the World Series and you don't win it, people are going to be so upset. So uh, I, I, this actually might be a World Series or bust kind of year for the Yankees. I think, I think that expectations have been kind of set there. And I don't have the feeling that they're a good enough team unless I don't look, I got to stop doubting them. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to trust. I got to trust, but you're right. The expectations are different. I think if they, if they do not make the world series, 
honestly, if they don't beat the Astros, that's the thing. If they can get past the Astros, people will view it as a success. Even if it's even if they face the Astros in the first round for whatever reason, if they can right. beat the Astros, then people will be like, okay, we slay the dragon. You know what this I mean? We, like, we took yeah. the boogeyman down. I think that's the thing is it's like you got to be better than the Astros. You got to go through the Astros. If you beat them, even if you lose to the National League team, not that people the best, will be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you you slay the dragon. You destroyed, you took down your nemesis, you know? And I think that's where, where Yankees fans are at. That sounds about right. Right. Anybody have anything else they need to say before we sign off? You want to talk baseball again, you let me know because I will always say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like... Um, can we just go around quickly and anyone who has anything to plug or socials or anything like that, you go right ahead. Uh, let's do Mac, Mel, Chris. I am Mac Longpray and I'm, and I am a drummer and I, uh, I use Instagram and that's about it really. Uh, at Mac Longpray. That's me. Um, and if you and, go to his website, you can see his upcoming performances and things, right? That's correct. MackenzieLongfrey.com. <laughs> there it is. I'm good at this promotion thing. Good job. Thanks, what? Kelly. What do you want to tell us about? <laughs> uh, huh? My name is... No, my turn, right? No, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my name, as I said, Ma, is Melissa Wright Crater. Um, you can find me on most of the socials at the right Melissa. Um, uh, that's like, I got married, but I'm oh, going to change those socials. Yeah. That's the whole reason I didn't fully take yeah. Mark's name. Yeah. Um, and I unfortunately have nothing to promote right now. Theater is not back up and running, at least on an indie scene fully here in Toronto, but, uh, support your local arts, go see Max shows, go support your local bands, go to bars, treat, tip your waiters and, and, uh, waitresses and just be good. And like, get out to some games. I'm excited. Go to baseball. Go, Go to, baseball. to baseball. See you. See April you there. 18th. April 11th. So yes. yeah. So that's it. Just uh, be be good. Enjoy. And uh, yeah, that's me. All right, Bam, can you take it away? Uh, I don't use Instagram. I barely use Twitter. So that won't really be helpful unless you want me to just retweet funny sports things, which I don't know if you're listening to this podcast then maybe that's helpful so i'm bomber bemke which by the way was my nickname as a little leaguer because after that story happened the very next season i had a great season and i became an all-star uh the only time in my life it like was this <laughs> i was like the yankees fucking fairy dust i don't know what it was it was that next season it opened things up for me uh so my nickname for that one season was bomber bemke so that is still my twitter handle b-o-m-b-e-r-b-e-h-m-k-e nothing will happen on twitter other than sports things. So enjoy that for what you will. Um, and if you're in the New York city area, come see the Scarlet Pimpernel. Uh, it's a show that I'm doing, uh, in, uh, Long Island, Northport, Long Island. It is, I don't know, not in New York city, but close enough that it is, uh, doable. Uh, Kelly and her wonderful new husband, Phil already have their tickets for the end of April. We're playing through the end of the month. It's a really good time. Press has been very, very kind to us. Um, and, uh, it's a really good time. It's a really good time. It's a really great production. Uh, people are talented as fuck. Uh, and I don't know. So if you're in the New York city area and you want to see something like real cool and that'll make you laugh and feel good when you walk out, like, great, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll give you the info, but, uh, Angaman theater, the Angaman, the John Angaman theater in Northport, Long Island, Scarlet Pimpernel running through the end of May or end of April. Oh my God. Until May. That's fine. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys.
So that's it for this year's roundtable discussion. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you again to our panelists for your contributions. Make sure you follow the website, myentertainmentworld.ca and we're at myentworld, my E-N-T world on Twitter and Instagram, myentertainmentworld on both YouTube and Facebook. We've got lots of content happening all the time so make sure you tune in in those various places and yeah, thanks for being here. Go Jays! <laughs>